broken from a young age, talking my shocking to the mass and writing my poems for the few that looked at me, took at me, shook at me, feeling me, singing from heartache, from the pain, taking my message from the veins, speaking my lesson from the brain, seeing the beauty through the You made me a, you made me a believer, believer. You break me down, you build me a believer. Let the bullets fly or let them rain My life, my love, my drive, it came from You made me a, you made me a believer Believer Ladies and gentlemen, the time has finally come Welcome to the debut edition of Total Nonstop DeLorean This is episode one I am your host, Mike De Niro. Before we get into this debut edition, this debut episode, where we will be talking all about the TNA Genesis pay-per-view from 2006, make sure you follow on Instagram at De Niro Podcast. Follow on TikTok at De Niro Podcast. And follow on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first ever episode. Let's, 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 let's talk. Total Nonstop DeLorean. What is Total Nonstop DeLorean? Total Nonstop DeLorean is the offspring of the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. The podcast has been going for the last five years, hosted by yours truly, Mike De Niro. I talked about TNA at length in the past on the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. But like I said, on the latest edition of the Wrestling DeLorean podcast when Scott Demore announced at the Bound for Glory pay-per-view this past October that TNA Wrestling will be making its return in January. It inspired me to pick back up and talk about the company that made me a believer, the company that made me a fan once again. And I didn't want it just to be another episode of the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. I thought it was time for me to take TNA and talk about its history at length and make it its very own show. That is where Total Nonstop DeLorean comes in. So let's talk about why I am doing a completely new show, 100% based of TNA wrestling. The year was 2002. And your boy Mike De Niro was falling out of love with professional wrestling. And it was bad. I was a diehard wrestling fan my whole life. And in 2002, when my favorite company, ECW, went out of business, when my dad's favorite company, WCW, went out of business, and the only thing me and my father had to watch was the WWE totally butcher the stars of WCW and ECW, it was hard to digest, and it was hard to sit through, and at points, it was just not watchable. So... I remember specifically when my father said that he heard about a company that was ran by Jeff Jarrett and it's on pay-per-view every single Wednesday. And I was thinking to myself, a weekly pay-per-view? How is that possible? So fast forward about four or five days later, it's Wednesday and I'm intrigued. So we order said pay-per-view and on that pay-per-view, is where I was introduced to TNA. On that pay-per-view is where I was introduced to guys like AJ Styles, guys like The Amazing Red, guys like Low Key, guys like Christopher Daniels. 
It was on that pay-per-view where I saw faces that I remembered from WCW, like Jeff Jarrett, like Sting. At the time, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. At the time, Scott Hall. It was on that pay-per-view where I saw guys that I remembered from ECW. On that show, you had the Sandman. On that show, you had Raven. So I was instantly intrigued. I could not afford a weekly (laughs) pay-per-view. And I remember watching every once in a while as much as I possibly could. But I cannot afford a weekly pay-per-view. So one day when I'm watching Monday Night Raw on Spike TV. And it is announced that WWE is going to be going to the USA Network. And later that night there's a commercial for TNA Wrestling coming to Spike TV weekly, Saturday nights at 11 o'clock Eastern, I was over the moon. Because once again, I could watch TNA on a weekly basis. TNA saved my love for professional wrestling, especially when they came to Spike TV. Now, if you want me to talk about, if you want to hear me talk about TNA's debut on Spike TV... And all the way up into TNA Bound for Glory 2006. Then you got to check out the archives of the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. Because on the Wrestling DeLorean podcast, not only do I talk about TNA The Asylum Years, but I also talk about from October 2005 to October 2006. The first year of TNA on Spike. Bound for Glory 2005 all the way to Bound for Glory 2006. Where I left off with my TNA journey was Sting finally vanquishing Jeff Jarrett and becoming the new NWA World Heavyweight Champion in one of the biggest shows in TNA history. Bound for Glory live from Detroit Rock City. So where this podcast is going to pick up is with a special two-hour primetime special on a Thursday, November 16th, 2006, a two-hour special which had the in-ring debut of Kurt Angle, you might have heard of him, but also a classic, classic, classic Six Sides of Steel match with barbed wire wrapped around the top when Christian Cage went one-on-one against the War Machine Rhino. We're going to be talking all about that historic show. And then, of course, we're going to be talking about the 2006 TNA Genesis pay-per-view. The show that was main evented by the dream match. The dream match of Kurt Angle finally going one-on-one after weeks of brawling and separations and blood. Finally going one-on-one against the undefeated undisputed Samoan submission machine, Samoa Joe. So ladies and gentlemen, when we come back from this commercial break, we're going to be talking about the primetime special on November 16th, 2006 for TNA. So stay tuned, y'all. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get right into the action. If you don't know what I do, if you're not familiar with what the Wrestling DeLorean podcast does, I will be going match by match, reviewing this show, and I got to start with the 
opening segment where it is announced that not only will Kurt Angle be making his in-ring debut tonight, but Kurt Angle will be going one-on-one against Samoa Joe at Genesis this upcoming Saturday. It is announced that we got Rhino and Christian Cage in the Six Sides of Steel. But the show starts out with a big party because this is the primetime special where going forward, TNA no longer will be at 11 o'clock Eastern. It will be at 8 o'clock Eastern in a primetime slot, showing that Spike TV has gained some trust in the TNA brand and is willing to see what they could do at a primetime level. The show starts out with EY, Eric Young, coming out. He's celebrating. There's confetti all over. We're celebrating that TNA is on primetime. EY grabs the mic. He's about to give a rah-rah speech to the fans when all of a sudden we hear some gunshots, and it is the NWA Tag Team Champions making their way to the ring, LAX. Conan, Homicide, Hernandez, they get into the ring. EY runs off. Conan says that tonight they will set the American flag on fire. He says that the American people, the American government has held down Latinos for long enough, and tonight... He's going to exercise his freedom of expression when he sets old glory on fire. This lights a fire under the ass of America's Most Wanted, who comes out to the ring. They brawl with LAX. This is all stemming from about a month ago prior to this, LAX hurting Gail Kim. Hernandez hit Gail Kim with a border toss that completely folded her in half and put her on the shelf for about a month. LAX and AMW are on a collision course. AMW and LAX, they brawl. LAX dips. That's, the la- that's not the last we see of them of the night. We then see a video package for Samoa Joe, which leads to Samoa Joe having an in-ring matchup against Jay Lethal. I like this matchup because I'm not only a TNA head, I was a Ring of Honor head, and Jay Lethal and Samoa Joe have long history in Ring of Honor, especially around this time period where Jay Lethal was the protege of Samoa Joe. Of course, this was not mentioned on the TNA broadcast, but definitely a cool matchup to see. Samoa Joe makes quick work of Jay Lethal. He puts him in the Coquina Clutch, totally taps out Jay Lethal. Samoa Joe refuses to break the Coquina Clutch. Out comes friend of Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt who comes out, he hits a standing shooting star press on Samoa Joe to break it up. Samoa Joe gets up, he takes out Sanjay Dutt, he then puts the coquina clutch on Sanjay. TNA official slash wrestler slash uh, X Division pioneer slash X Division locker room leader, I would say, Jerry Lynn, he tries to get Chris Sabin to come out and help his friends, but Chris Sabin, who is now a recently turned heel, He has better things to do and is not concerned with Samoa Joe taking out his friends Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt. Samoa Joe then, after going on a rampage, grabs the microphone and he says, Angle, tonight I want your blood. We are then backstage and we see LAX. They're leaving the arena with the American flag. They say one way or another tonight they will burn the American flag. For some reason they're with Petey Williams. And he says, Petey Williams, you're Canadian. This country held you down. Tonight, we take back what's ours. You will help us burn this flag to the ground. Petey Williams agrees, and then he goes off with them in a car. We then see Alex Shelley and Austin Starr. They're in the bathroom, and they're arguing about who was at fault for their loss last week on Impact when all of a sudden in the stall, we see Kevin Nash 
who puts on a powdered, wi- powdered wig and says, tonight, WrestleCore is in session. So tonight we're going to have some funny segments, some good shit between the Paparazzi Productions, who is comprised of Alex Shelley, Austin Starr, and Kevin Nash. Always fun, entertaining stuff there. We're now backstage with Team 3D. They are going against the Naturals tonight. They said that last week, the Naturals put 3D through a table, which is sacrilegious, which is blasphemy. And tonight, Bubba Ray wants his revenge. So we're here we have the table set. No pun intended. It is a tables match between the newly franchised Naturals with the franchise Shane Douglas versus Bubba Ray, Devon, the Dudleys, a.k.a. Team 3D. They couldn't use the Dudley boys' name at the time. Um, they set up 3D. They set up to 3D Andy Douglas during the matchup, but the franchise Shane Douglas sacrifices himself, allowing himself to be 3D through a table, which allows the Naturals to put Devon through a table. And if you thought putting the Dudleys through a table was sacrilegious, beating the Dudleys in a table match was just taking it up another notch. As much as I liked this, as much as at the time I thought this was great to really build the Naturals as a real threat in the tag team division, former multi-time tag team champions, I liked the pairing with the franchise Shane Douglas. It does... Does it make as much sense as I would hope for it to make? Because in about three months' time, TNA releases both Andy Douglas and Chase Stevens. The Naturals will no longer be with TNA in a few months. We then see a video package for the Monster Abyss, who will be going one-on-one against Kurt Angle in Kurt Angle's in-ring debut tonight for TNA. Out of nowhere, we see Kazarian, Maverick Matt, and Johnny Devine come out, and they're, they're dressed up really weird. They're dressed up differently. Uh, we, we've seen Kazarian, we've seen Maverick Matt, and we've seen Johnny Devine all in TNA before, and this is a totally new look for them. They come out and they say that tonight the revolution is starting, and tonight their Redeemer wants them to make an impact. All of a sudden, the lights go out again, and now comes the Voodoo Kid Mafia, the former James gang. BG James and Kip James, a.k.a. Road Dog and Billy Gunn. They come out and they take out Kaz, Matt, and Divine. Then they grab a mic and they cut a promo on, quote, Michael Hickenbottom, Paul Levesque, and Vincent Kennedy McMahon. They said that DX sucked back in the day and they were bailed out by the... New Age Outlaws, when DX was becoming a sinking ship when Shawn Michaels took his ball and went home. And all these years later, 2006, WWE brings back DX, and they also want Road Dogg and Billy Gunn. But Road Dogg and Billy Gunn refuse to bail out Michael Hickenbottom and Paul Levesque again. Instead, they want to bring the war to their front door. They said that it's going to be VKM versus VKM, and they want to go to war against Vince McMahon. I remember when I was a kid, I thought this this shit was fucking awesome. I was like, oh, this is going to be so cool. Now watching back and looking back at it, it doesn't have that same impact. No no pun intended. I, I, I don't think that this made much sense to just call out Shawn Michaels, Triple H, and Vince McMahon just for the sake of calling them out. I know behind the scenes, TNA was attempting to have Shawn Michaels and Triple H wrestle a match for them, or at least have uh, the New Age Outlaws go to WWE and wrestle a match there. 
and co-promote with the WWE, but it didn't work out. And for them to call out Vince McMahon for weeks on end after this for no payoff, it just seems pointless. I remember when I was younger, I was only like 12 years old at the time when I saw this show, and I figured, oh my God, we're about to get a dream matchup. We're about to see WWE work with TNA. We're about to see Shawn Michaels in the Impact Zone. We're about to see a Triple H in the Impact Zone. We're going to see a dream match, DX versus the New Age Outlaws. This is something that I would have loved to see when I was younger. Now looking back at it, there was no way this shit was going to happen, y'all. Anyway... The next matchup of the night was the matchup of the night. A barbed wire, six sides of steel match, Rhino versus Christian Cage. This is a rematch from their Bound for Glory 2006 matchup, the 8 Mile Street Fight, where Christian Cage beat Rhino. Um, We had a pole match last week where you could decide, well, there was a mystery box, and in those mystery box, Christian Cage won the key to the matchup, so he has access to the key that opens up the door in this barbed wire six sides of steel match, and the winner of this matchup is the man who escapes the cage, which makes it even harder because there is unforgiving barbed wire wrapped around this cage. Anyway, this matchup is an absolute war. If there's nothing else that you go back and watch on this show, Make sure you take the time this weekend and watch this matchup from November 16th, 2006, Impact, Christian Cage versus Rhino, an absolute war. During the matchup, Rhino grabs the key and throws it into the crowd, making it known that if Christian Cage wants to escape, he's going to have to do it the hard way. During the matchup, Christian Cage hits an unprettier on, from the top rope which looked absolutely nasty. The crowd's going insane, by the way. This whole match of the crowd is on their feet. They're chanting, this is awesome. They're chanting, holy shit. They're chanting, TNA, TNA, TNA. This was such a great matchup. Rhino hits a nasty TKO on an open chair, uh, which I thought would have broke the ribs of Christian Cage. Rhino gores Christian Cage at the end of this match. He gores Christian Cage through the cage door. And Christian Cage goes flying into the door onto the concrete. And even though Rhino wins the war because he totally incapacitates Christian Cage, Christian Cage wins the matchup because technically his feet hit the floor, meaning he has escaped the cage. Christian Cage is your winner of this absolute classic. Five stars, y'all. Five stars. We then see an X Division title matchup. It is Chris Sabin versus Christopher Daniels versus the newly won X Division champion, AJ Styles. During this matchup, the bloody Christian Cage from the last match comes out and he grabs the microphone and he says he's still undefeated. He's still the number one contender. AJ Styles, who is fed up with Christian Cage interrupting his matches because he did this last week as well, drop kicks Christian Cage and goes after him. Meanwhile, Christopher Daniels rolls up Chris Sabin and becomes the new X Division champion, which kind of pisses off AJ Styles because AJ Styles is good friends with Christopher Daniels and felt that Christopher Daniels should have not have taken liberties with the fact that AJ Styles was not in the ring and distracted and becoming the new champion, taking that title away from him. We're back to the lot where we see LAX trying to burn down the flag. 
Petey Williams refuses to help them burn down the flag. He tosses the torch. He goes to fight off LAX. LAX jumps off. LAX jumps Petey Williams. And they're beating down Petey Williams and say that they're going to burn the flag on top of Petey Williams, setting him on fire in the process. But then comes the police and LAX. They run off into the night. This was a very controversial segment. We then see a video package for Sting, who is your NWA champion and who will be defending that champion at Genesis against the Monster Abyss. And speaking of the Monster Abyss, it is time to talk about the main event of this uh, show, this historic show. It is Kurt Angle making his in-ring debut against the Monster Abyss. And Kurt Angle is an absolute intense wrestling machine in this matchup. The crowd goes nuts as Kurt Angle is just taking the war to Abyss and beating him down. He looks like a million bucks. This was Kurt Angle at his prime peak shape in TNA, and it was only his first matchup. Uh, During the matchup, we have James Mitchell. Father James Mitchell comes out with a wheelbarrow filled with thumbtacks, and he pours it all over the floor. Abyss almost wins the matchup with a monstrous black hole slam, but Kurt Angle kicks out. He gets Abyss in a tight, tight, tight ankle lock. It is said by Tanay that Abyss has never tapped out. And within about a few seconds after Mike Tanay, the professor says Abyss never taps out, Kurt Angle makes the monster Abyss tap out for his first victory in TNA. And it's a big one. But Kurt Angle has no time to celebrate because out comes Samoa Joe and he attacks Kurt Angle. He's nailing Kurt Angle with punches and kicks, but Kurt Angle reverses and hits a belly-to-belly on Samoa Joe. He then goes for an Olympic slam on Samoa Joe, but Joe reverses it and hits a kick to Kurt Angle's head. He then goes to put the coquina clutch on Kurt Angle, but Kurt Angle reverses it into an ankle lock. Samoa Joe then reverses the ankle lock and nails Kurt Angle with a steel chair in the face, busting Kurt Angle open. Kurt Angle is bleeding profusely at this moment. The Monster Abyss then rolls back in, and he stares down Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe and the Monster Abyss then do a two-on-one assault. They are beating up Kurt Angle. They're taking out Kurt Angle. Two absolute monsters are taking out Kurt Angle. And then all of a sudden, the lights go out, and down from the rafters, Sting, the world champion, drops from the rafters. He then takes out Abyss with a crossbody to the outside, landing onto the thumbtacks. What a nasty, nasty spot that was. In the ring, we still see Samoa Joe continuing to beat down Kurt Angle. Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle are fighting in the ring as Sting and Abyss fight to the back. And then we see a camera cut to the back. And somehow, I guess there was a trap set up by Father James Mitchell because Sting is upside down hanging and Abyss is beating Sting up with a bat. And then back in the ring, we see a very bloody Kurt Angle choking out to the coquina clutch as Samoa Joe stands tall at the top of this impact this was an absolute five-star show the prime time debut was absolutely stellar and i hope that you guys go out of your way to see the show top to bottom it was absolutely fun so much fun but the fun does not stop here because ladies and gentlemen when we come back from this commercial break we're going to be talking about the show that you came to listen to we're going to be talking about tna genesis 2006 welcome back to the show ladies and gentlemen Let's talk about TNA Genesis 2006. This show was very good. This show, in my opinion, was not as good as the primetime special and definitely not as good as Bound for Glory 2006, but definitely the dream match main event between Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle definitely delivered, which gave this show, I would say, 
more points at the end. But we'll talk about that when we get there. The show starts off with a beautiful video package, amazing video package. Go out of your way and see this. It's comparing the moon landing to TNA's Genesis. We then start off the match. We'll start off the matches with a three-on-two handicap match. It is Kaz, Maverick Matt, and Johnny Divine, aka now going by Serotonin, versus the Voodoo Kid Mafia. This is because of the beatdown that the Voodoo Kid Mafia put on Serotonin on the primetime special. BKM gets a quick victory. They then get on the mic and they continue to call out Vince McMahon, Triple H, and Shawn Michaels. They say that they're coming by land, by air, by sea, and this week on TNA Impact, they'll be bringing the war to their front door. We get a backstage segment with the franchise, Shane Douglas, who says that tonight, the Naturals, they are the best tag team in TNA because they defeated Team 3D. They're going to prove it tonight. And we're back to the ring, and it is the franchise Naturals versus Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt. It is said that the Team 3D is in Japan at the moment because I, I was looking this up and I was wondering why would you have the Naturals versus Team 3D on the primetime special but then have a random matchup between the franchise Naturals versus Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt on the pay-per-view. I think it was just to give the franchise Naturals more TV time and another win because... I think that the money matchup would have been against Team 3D, but Team 3D is in Japan. Anyway, I don't think this matchup went the way that the Naturals wanted it to go because Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt came out of this matchup looking like absolute money stars. They took the fight to the Naturals the whole time. The Naturals got no heat. And then in the end, when the Naturals did get a comeback and they won the matchup, it is off of a sloppy botched ending where they totally botched their finishing move. And it led to a really, I guess, just blah match. But yeah, in the end, I came out of this match of saying Sanjay Dunn and Jay Lethal are fucking awesome. Definitely not what TNA wanted you to think coming out of this matchup. Anyway, we see Jeremy Borash. He's backstage with LAX, who are cutting a heated promo. Conan still vows that he will be burning down the American flag tonight, even if he has to burn AMW with Next up, we have an X-Division title matchup. It is the X-Division champion, the newly crowned X-Division champion, the fallen angel Christopher Daniels going against Chris Sabin. During the matchup, Chris Sabin tries to use the chair. AJ Styles comes down and prevents Christopher, well, Chris Sabin from using the chair on Christopher Daniels. AJ Styles, who is pissed that he's no longer X-Division champion, still has the back of his friend Christopher Daniels. Now, this is going to be a story that plays out throughout the night because this is going to lead to something else. And I'll talk about that when that comes. Either way, nonetheless, Christopher Daniels wins this matchup against Chris Sabin. Chris Sabin is still piss poor, having a fit that he is still on the losing side. X Division pioneer Jerry Lynn comes out, and he wants Chris Sabin to shake the hand of Christopher Daniels. And he agrees. He shakes his hand, but then he pulls him in and hits Christopher Daniels with the cradle shock. We then get Kevin Nash on commentary for the next matchup. It is another random matchup. It is Alex Shelley and Austin Starr versus Ronda Truth Killings and Lance Hoyt. I definitely thought that this was a matchup to give Alex Shelley and Austin Starr a win. I was wrong. Ronda Truth Killings and Lance Hoyt wins. There's a lot of random shit on this show that I felt could have been on the primetime special and not on the pay-per-view. But nonetheless, it is what it is. 
because the next matchup was very, very fun. It is Christian Cage versus AJ Styles for the first time ever. This is way before AJ Styles joins the Christian, Christian Coalition. This is before AJ Styles turns heel. This was before AJ Styles went to the long tights. This is the first ever matchup between AJ Styles and Christian Cage. And it was a fun matchup. But remember when I said that AJ Styles came out and helped Christopher Daniels by preventing Chris Saban from hitting him with the chair? A similar thing happens in this matchup where Christian Gage goes to use the chair and Christopher Daniels comes out and he grabs the chair from Christian Cage. AJ Styles looks distracted, leading to Christopher Daniels rolling up and pinning AJ Styles, pissing AJ Styles off. AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels go face-to-face after this and they start to shove each other. Some X Division guys come out to break it up. Rhino comes out and he tells everybody to leave the ring besides Daniels and AJ. He has something to say. He says that this makes him fucking sick. He says that he battled a man for the last two months who he used to call his former friend. He said a man that he would take a bullet for in Christian Cage. But now he's fighting him in barbed wire steel cages and wants to tear him apart. He said, I do not want to sit back and watch this happen to you two, AJ and Daniels. I do not want to sit back and watch two good friends want to tear each other apart because of something as stupid as a miscommunication. He says, I will not sit back and watch this. You guys are going to shake your hands. You guys are going to drop this and you're going to leave together as men. Christopher Daniels agrees. He puts his hand out to shake AJ's hand. AJ Styles grabs the mic and says, Thanks, Dr. Phil. If I needed a psychiatrist, I'll give you a call. And then walks off by shoulder bumping Christopher Daniels. AJ Styles has officially turned heel. Next matchup on the show we have for the tag team titles. It is AMW versus LAX. This was a pretty good matchup, but in the end, LAX win. LAX has a post-match beatdown on AMW where PD Williams goes to make the save with a lead pipe. Jim Cornette comes out, and he says that this has gone too far. He talks about how everyone is offended by them wanting to burn the American flag. The American people are offended. The ownership is offended. The fans in the impact zone are offended. And he says because of this, there will be repercussions as of this moment forward immediately. LAX is stripped of the NWA Tag Team Champions. And what does the crowd do? The crowd chants bullshit. (laughs) I don't think that this was the right reaction that the TNA crowd wanted. They wanted the TNA crowd to boo LAX, and they wanted them to be happy that Jim Cornette was stripping them of the titles. Instead, it was the reverse effect, and they were chanting bullshit because regardless if they want to burn the American flag or not, Those TNA fans were big fans of LAX. So yeah, this backfired on Corny. Next up, we have the NWA world title matchup. It is Sting versus Abyss. During this matchup, Sting takes the fight to Abyss and dives onto him from the top rope to the outside. They brawl all into the crowd. Abyss sets up two tables on the entranceway and puts two barbed wire boards on top of those tables. Abyss then brings Tax out, and he chokeslams Sting onto thumbtacks. And then Sting bounces right back up and beats his chest. Classic Sting, no selling, and ready to rock and roll. After a few clubbing blows, Sting drops Abyss and puts him in the Scorpion Deathlock. The referee is distracted, though, because James Mitchell gets on top of the ring. 
Sting brings James, Mitch, brings James Mitchell into the ring and puts him into the Scorpion Deathlock. Then Sting and Abyss fight to the entranceway. Sting pulls out a rope and a cable and hangs Abyss upside down, which is apropos because Abyss hung him upside down at the primetime special. Sting takes a chair in front of the referee and starts to wail on Abyss. He is nailing Abyss hard with that chair. And I want you to really remember I say in front of the referee. Because a few minutes later, this insane crazy action, it all goes down the drain. Because Sting drags the carcass of Abyss up the ramp. He's going to throw Abyss through those barbed wire tables when the referee tries to stop Sting. And Sting pushes the referee off. And because Sting laid his hands on the referee... The referee calls a disqualification on Sting and awards Abyss with the world champion. In my opinion, this was fucking stupid. How can you use tacks, chairs, barbed wire, interferences by managers, but there was no DQ. All of a sudden, Sting pushes the referee, and this is hands down a disqualification. And then on top of all that, I don't remember TNA making a rule where a title changes hands during a disqualification, but apparently Mike Tanay says that this has always been a rule in TNA and in NWA where if there's a disqualification, a title could change hands. So we had a year-long build for Sting to finally win the NWA championship against Jeff Jarrett at Bound for Glory just for Sting to lose the title in a less than three weeks from a disqualification. In what world did this make sense, TNA? Thank God for the main event. Because so far, in my opinion, this show is not worth a damn. I was hyped for the primetime special. But then, this Genesis pay-per-view was falling flat. And it was saved by the main event. The main event dream match, that is. The first time ever a counter against Samoa Joe, the undefeated, undisputed Samoan submission machine up against the Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle. This was a hell of a matchup. Everything that you would want to see in a professional wrestling matchup, all the hype, all the build was well worth it because these guys went to war. These guys had a battle. These guys had a absolute mat classic. But in the end, it was Kurt Angle tapping out Samoa Joe, giving Samoa Joe, handing Samoa Joe his first defeat in TNA after 17 months. After a year and a half, Samoa Joe no longer undefeated in TNA. Kurt Angle gets the victory. Afterwards, Samoa Joe grabs the mic and he says he is man enough to admit defeat. He's man enough to say that Kurt Angle was the better man on this night. But if Kurt Angle is a man, he would give Samoa Joe a rematch. Samoa Joe puts his hand out, and Kurt Angle refuses to shake the hand of Samoa Joe and walks off. And we end the show with Kurt Angle flipping off Samoa Joe. This was a very good main event on a lackluster show. Altogether, though, I would say that I enjoyed it, but it was lackluster. Ladies and gentlemen, this was the very first edition of Total Nonstop DeLorean. There's only more to come. Make sure you tune in next week for a new episode of Total Nonstop DeLorean, where we'll be talking about the build going into the Turning Point 2006 pay-per-view, where Kurt Angle will face Samoa Joe 
in a rematch. But if you're new to this, this is not the only show I do. Tune in Monday for Raw Dogging with De Niro, where I have a live watch along of the main event, the final 30 minutes of Monday Night Raw. This past Monday, I did a watch along of the WWE World Heavyweight title matchup between Seth Rollins and Sami Zayn. You can check that out on Raw Dogging with De Niro, available on all podcast platforms. And then every Friday, you got the Mothership. You got the flagship show. You have the Wrestling DeLorean podcast, the show that's been going five years strong and over 315 episodes. It is the Wrestling DeLorean podcast where you pick the show, I will review it. I put up a poll on my Twitter page, W underscore DeLorean pod, every single week, and I put four shows. My Wrestling DeLorean passengers, they vote off on the show that they want me to review. I watch that show, and I talk about it on Fridays. Coming up tomorrow, we have ECW November to Remember 1999, main evented by the Impact Players and Rhino versus Tommy Dreamer, Raven, and the... Freshly returned to ECW, the icon, Sandman. Also in the co-main event for the ECW Television Champion, we have Rob Van Dam, who is celebrating a two-year run at this part against the human suplex machine, Taz. Make sure you tune into the Wrestling Lauren podcast tomorrow. I love you all. Thank you so much for tuning in to the debut edition of Total Nonstop DeLorean. Once again, follow me on Instagram at De Niro Podcasts. Follow me on TikTok at De Niro Podcast. Follow me on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. Thank you so much for riding with Mike De Niro. Thank you so much for riding with the DeLorean. Thank you so much for being a wrestling DeLorean passenger. Ladies and gentlemen, without you, there is no me. Ladies and gentlemen, without you and your support, there is no multi-podcast. So thank you. I love you all. Tune in tomorrow to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Peace out, yo.